All right, everybody. Welcome to Rick's Season 1, Episode 17. We are back with weekly NFL picks. It is Week 9, and the trade deadline is finally over. And talk about some crickets because absolutely nothing happened. I don't know any teams that did anything special. We'll talk about some of the trades that happened that I could you know, point out off the top of my head, but there was nothing that stood out. There was a lot of rumors, but nothing happened. I mean, obviously COVID affected a lot of things, but come on, like there were some teams that desperately needed to go out there and do something about their situation that they were in and they didn't, you know, talking about the Packers, the Packers desperately needed a wide receiver. They didn't do it. They were looking at Will Fuller, didn't get him, just annoying. And then AJ Green's been trying to get out of Cincinnati apparently for the past God knows how long, but they didn't do anything there. Golden Tate was supposed to be getting out of New York. He's not, they're probably just going to end up releasing him. I guess Le'Veon Bell was the big one that kind of got out, out of there, but that was a couple weeks ago. And and even then, Le'Veon Bell, it's not like he's best running back in the league, Le'Veon Bell, anymore. So just overall this year, I think, was just a little bit weird. And, you know, can't expect anything because of COVID, but just obviously disappointing. So, Preston, you're back with us. How you feeling this week, man? Feeling good. Feel all right about my picks this last week. A lot of random upsets this pack past week this was one of those weeks where shit just hit the fan as simple as that shit just hit the fan this week um obviously we had the the rams lost the the freaking packers lost to the vikings um titans lost to the Bengals and and chargers the freaking chargers i left the restaurant with three minutes left thinking we got this bro we just kicked the field goal went up by six we're good all we got to do is get a stop no bro we had to go out and choke again and choke freaking 21 to three lead bro tired of this shit man yeah hard week to be a chargers fan i felt your guys' pain there kind of reminded me of the days of the 2013 cowboys where they had all the talent in the world on offense but then they had the worst defense in the nfl statistically and they blew so many leads they could have easily been a 12 and 4 11 and 5 team that year but their defense was so bad and they just they they would blow it I don't know if you remember that year, Preston, but that was the year that <laughs> Matt Flynn came back and it was like 29 to three at halftime. Yeah, he, he came back and he just, <laughs> he had like 400 yards, didn't he? Yeah. And he I had think, an insane game. I think Tremont Williams was their cornerback and Romo threw like two picks in the oh, clutch man. to him. And then that's when Eddie Lacy was good too. That's when Eddie Lacy broke out. So mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, and literally if the Cowboys would have won that game, they would have made it to the playoffs. They, they choked that game. Uh, that was one of those signature Cowboys, almost like the one. Remember that loss they had to the Lions that one time where they blew like a thirty-point lead or something. That was crazy? the same season. That was the same. It was season. the same season. That was. Yeah. The- was that the was that the Megatron game? The four that was the Megatron, Megatron game. Three hundred thirty-six <laughs> yards. I'm pretty sure. Oh my god, dude! That game was crazy. Dude, he made us look stupid, and then it came down to the last drive where they drove down the field and. Literally all Matthew Stafford did was just jump over the triple team. Oh, wait. Are you talking about when Megatron was triple teamed or are you talking about him diving for the pylon? Oh, the triple team one was in Dallas. I'm talking about the one where they were in Detroit and they drove all the way down the field and like four or five plays. It was something stupid. They only had like a minute left and they threw like a deep pass to Calvin Johnson. He got down inside like the three and then they like ran hurry up as the time was clicking and the line got set, Matthew Stafford literally just hopped the football over the line and then went around and like spiked it. And that's how we lost. Damn. That was the, also the season that uh, Peyton Manning won MVP 
and he broke the touchdown record. And that's when it was like 51 to 48 in AT&T Stadium. That was a crazy game. Yeah, he had seven touchdowns um, in week one against the Ravens, I believe, at yeah. home. Yeah, that was, a, that was a crazy season. But yeah, like I said, that I feel for you Chargers fans because that, that reminded me a lot of that Cowboys team. So I, I feel for you, Preston. I, ho- I hope you're doing all right, man. I, I really do. Gledhill, how are you feeling about this week, man? I got to have a bounce back week. You can't pick the Vikings to beat the Packers. You can't pick the, the Bengals to beat the Chargers. I mean, or the, or the um, Titans. I mean, yeah, some of those games, it was like, I was never going to pick those anyways. Um, Ravens Steelers, I'll admit, I, I, I should have picked the Steelers. I just thought eventually Pittsburgh was going to lose a game and, and why not to, you know, the defending, you know, division champs. Um, I thought they would find a way to win. And, and, you know, they outplayed Pittsburgh for, you know, the early parts of that game. They, they pretty much, their defense, pretty much pitched a shut, shutout in the first half. Um, so I thought the Ravens were doing pretty well. They had like 250 yards on the ground. If you had just showed me the box score and not the final score or any of that, I would have been like, yeah, the Ravens won that game. They, they won it by, you know, eight to 10 points or something. Um, but Lamar Jackson just made some uh, poor decisions out there. And um, yeah, I mean, when you do it against, against such a good team, you're just not going to be able to win the game. So I probably should have picked the Steelers. I kind of kicked myself on that one, but I don't think I had any like terrible picks this week. It was just, I, I just think a lot went wrong and um, you just got to hope that you have a bounce back week. Cause I, uh, I, I can sense that I'm probably slipping in the, uh, the standings right now. You Ben slipped, bro. You Ben slipped this season. Yeah. I, I <laughs> better than me. He's doing better than me. I'll give him that. Oh wait, no, that's right. He was tied with me this going into this week. I tied it up. You caught up to him, right? You tied it up? No, yeah. We were tied going into this week. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, y'all were tied up. But I I still need to get put together the standings from this past week. But yeah, Glenho, you said it well. I'll talk more about the Ravens and Steelers game because I have a lot to get off my chest about that game. I'll talk about that more when we get to to the Ravens and and, uh, Colts game this week. But I I do want to say that uh, Glenhill. You jinxed it, man. You jinxed it. You made pre- you made Preston pick the Steelers. He was leaning towards the Ravens. I'm kidding. No, he wasn't. He was. He said he still was going to pick the Steelers, but you made the you made the pick so much easier for him, man. You 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 probably went about two three weeks, maybe two weeks this whole season without jinxing a game, but you're back at it again. So what is it going to be this week, Gladhill? You tell me. Yeah, um, I mean, I I I think there's a decent chance that I jinx it again. Um, I'm never going to rule that out now. <laughs> you know, when it comes to one of the big, what's the big game this week? The Saints and Buccaneers. Um, that's, I guess it's the only big game. I big game. I, I can think off the top of my head right now. Um, yeah, I'm probably going to take the Buccaneers and the Buccaneers are probably going to lose. Yeah. Always support it though. Let's go ahead and get on into these games. We got the first game tomorrow night, Thursday night football, the green Bay Packers going on the road to play the San Francisco 49ers. This is the rematch of the NFC championship last year. Both teams are a lot different this season, and we're at least in different positions, you could say, as Aaron Rodgers is four and six career record versus San Francisco, including playoffs. It always seems like Aaron Rodgers and the 49ers, they always got something going on between those two, just those two teams. And I mean, for great reason. I mean, the 49ers passed up on Aaron Rodgers in the draft back in 04, so he could have been on that team too. Preston, you got and something it, to say? Yeah, I was going to say Kaepernick destroyed the Packers in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, he did. Dang, how long ago was that? Wow, that was like eight years ago, right? No, dude, it was shorter than that. That was not 2012. 2013, right? Was it? Shoot, I, dude, I have n- no idea where Kaepernick is on the timeline anymore. I, I, dude, he, I think he's turning 33 this week. That's crazy. 
Dang. Yeah, I know. I, I remember just watching him in eighth grade, and he was so young. But anyways, you know, going into this this week, I was kind of concerned about this game. I was back and forth with it. I was thinking about the Packers, you know, blowing a game against the Vikings. Dalvin Cook shredding their defensive line, and the, the, that run defense is atrocious by the Packers. And that's what I was saying. They needed to do something about it. And the trade deadline, get a linebacker. Get something to help that defense out, man, because it is horrible. I mean, they lost Clay Matthews a couple seasons ago. They lost Blake Martinez, who was one of the leading tackles in the NFL. They really don't have – I mean, I guess you have the, the the Smith brothers, and they're more pass rusher guys anyways, but the defensive line is soft. The linebackers are soft. I mean, the secondary is decent, but overall, the Packers' defense is just not good at all, and that's always the downfall. They they, they cruise through the regular season. Well, not, not necessarily cruise. Sometimes they – you know, if Aaron Rodgers – He's had some seasons where he hasn't been healthy and they have, they missed the playoffs, but you know, when he's on the field, they most likely, you know, are at least a wild card team or a division winner compete for that division. And then they get to the playoffs and it's always the defense. The defense is always the downfall. They always get shredded. And I noticed that every time that they lose a big game, they always get exposed. They never lose any close games. It's always, okay, wow. Who are the Packers? Like, this is not the team we saw like, Three, the first three weeks of the season, putting up 30-plus points every single game. Aaron Rodgers looking like an MVP candidate. The two games that they have lost this season, Aaron Rodgers has not played very well, and the defense has just gotten absolutely shredded. And Dalvin Cook just had a field day on them. So going into this game, I was favoring it for the 49ers because I was saying, okay, 49ers, you know, they have a lot of things going on with injuries as well, but they at least have a run game. They got that going for them. And it's not like Jimmy G – was doing anything for the 49ers anyways this season. So I was thinking, okay, the 49ers, you know, Nick Mullins is going to be a game manager or CJ Beathard, whoever it's going to be. They're going to be game managers and they're going to, you know, mix up the play action and they're going to run the ball. And I think they're going to favor it in a low scoring game versus the Packers. But then I look at the 49ers team and so many players are out, not just with injuries, but also the COVID. Like everybody's getting on the COVID reserve list. So and they lose... They, they just announced today they lost Debo Samuels, Trent Williams, Brandon Ayuk on reserve COVID-19 list. So the 49ers just have too many players out right now. And that's the reason I'm going to take the Packers in a low scoring game. I think both teams are kind of in shambles right now, but I like the Packers bouncing back here. And, you know, the 49ers, they were competitive versus the Seahawks in the division game. The Seahawks ran away with that game. I, I can't do it with all the injuries and all and all this. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and, and say that this is a lower scoring game and this is not going to be as exciting as it is on paper so i'm gonna say that the uh the packers go in there into san francisco and they they squeeze out a tough win it's aaron Rodgers doesn't have to worry about you know a dominant defense being all over him the whole game and you know just being in a drought this is not the same 49ers team as last year you with everything going on so i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna say that the the packers get it done and a relatively lower scoring game i'm gonna say uh 26 to 23 preston yeah, 49ers defense come back from uh, a, a bit of their injuries, um, but injury bug's still there. We got now Jimmy Garoppolo out for at least six weeks and George Kittle out for the rest of the season. Um, so with that being said, there's really no chance I'm picking the 49ers here. Uh, I'm taking Green Bay all the way. I think they're going to struggle. I don't think they're going to put up 30 points like you said, um, but I don't think the 49ers are going to really score at all either. Um, no matter who's starting at quarterback. I, I'm going to pick the Packers. I'm going to say 27 to 13. Glad help. I think you said it all there, Eric. I think um, I was probably back and forth on this game a little bit too. You see this matchup and you're like, oh, I don't know. I mean, 
both teams are kind of seemingly on a, on a downward trend right now. I mean, the Niners have kind of been playing well um, despite missing some pieces, but I, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to find a way to get it done. Um, the Packers have um, had some tough losses recently. Uh, it's a primetime game. I think Aaron Rodgers and that offense will, will do just enough to uh, to win this game. And, and maybe the 49ers will have a little bit of a run game. Maybe they'll put some points on the board. But ultimately, I just think um, I just think the Packers are going to be able to do a little bit more offensively right now. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I guess I'm not a fan of either of these teams' defenses, but I'll take the, the Packers' offense to just outscore the 49ers in this one. Who you know they're missing a lot of guys. You mentioned Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, um, Mostert. Yeah, um, so they're gonna be, they're gonna have you know Jamichael Hasty and Jarek McKinnon running the ball and. Um, yeah, they got. I mean, the Packers' defense got. Obviously, they got rolled by Dalvin Cook last week. Um, I think they'll they'll find a way to maybe stop the run a little bit. Um, maybe you know, maybe not entirely, but I think they'll do it just enough. Um, if the game is is really really low scoring, I, I think I'd like the 49ers. Um, and if that's the case, I think it's because the 49ers have long possessions. They keep Aaron Rodgers off the field, and maybe they can win. You know, a 17 to 16 game or something, but. I just, I guess, I just don't think that's going to be the case in this game. I think, you know, rough losses recently. I think people are looking at them like that they, they don't have it anymore. And I, I think I've kind of dropped them out of, you know, my Super Bowl contender. I don't. I guess we'll have to wait and see how they, how they continue to progress. But I'll, I'll go ahead and take them in this game, um, twenty-one to sixteen. Yeah, no, I, I agree. If if the 49ers somehow make it a, a low-scoring competitive game and keep Aaron Rodgers off the field, they can definitely win a close game. I kind of died away from the Packers hype too. I feel like I was never really on it, but then the first few weeks of the season when Aaron Rodgers was playing out of his mind, I was like, okay, well, maybe they, maybe they can be, you know, that team that everyone thinks that they're going to be with Matt LaFleur, great coach and everything, you know, Aaron Jones, and he's actually hurt now too, but they messed up their draft. They, they messed up the draft really bad and they shouldn't have drafted Jordan Love to create QB controversy there. And then they shouldn't have drafted AJ Dillon in the second round. They had Patrick Queen, a stud linebacker from LSU sitting right there and they decided to pass him up and they got AJ, AJ Dillon, like a running back that barely even playing for them. He's like their third string guy. Like that was a waste of a pick. You could have got a defensive guy there who would have desperately helped that bad defense so they just kind of messed up and and you know even the tread dot tread deadline looking for you know trying to get a set number two receiver maybe aj green will fuller and then just not not really pulling the trigger it just it kind of seems like a like they're settling for i wouldn't say mediocrity but settling for i guess just losing in the playoffs because this is not a super bowl winning team with that defense so I mean, maybe if they would have got like a will, like Will Fuller to help out with Devonte Adams and get like a stud linebacker, maybe. But they didn't do anything. So who knows? But yeah, Packers. Packers will win this game. By the way, um, do you guys think it's over for Jimmy G in, in San Francisco? I think I think it probably is. No, Personally. no, they're going to give him another season once he comes back from his injury. I mean, I think it's possible. I mean, I. I've been hearing, and maybe this isn't true. I mean, what the hell do I know? But I've been hearing that uh, Kyle Shanahan's kind of losing a little bit of trust in him. Yeah, I think they definitely lost a little bit of trust this season, um, but they're, they've been facing a lot of difficult issues. They obviously had the injury bug earlier in the year. Um, Jimmy G came back from that. His first game was terrible. Second game, he did better. Um, then he got injured again. So I think they're going to give him one more shot. If he doesn't perform next season – then I could see them trying to make moves and um, and move on potentially. 
Yeah, I'd give it one more season. I'm not going to give up on them yet, but I, yeah. I, I do kind of agree with you, Gladhaw. I think they might be losing a little bit of hope, but they're going to wait it out. They're not just going to give up on them. Yeah, I mean they're in a they're in a weird spot. I don't know though. I mean, what if what if they try and pick up a Matt Ryan or a Sam Darnold or something? They very well could. I mean, you know, those guys are going to be on the market. I mean, I would I wouldn't put it past them. But Jimmy G has a big contract too, so I would imagine. Yeah, that's true. That if, if they were going to get him out of there, it'd be some kind of trade deal. All right, next game, we got the Carolina Panthers going on the road to play the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City is 16-1 and in the last 17 games, including the playoffs. Patrick Mahomes did his thing last week, five touchdowns versus the atrocious Jets. They ended up blowing them out. <laughs> it was so disrespectful, man. They were. It got to the point where literally like the defensive line in the huddle when they were getting ready to call a play, they were dancing like on the on the field, and like you could just tell like, oh, this is an easy game for us. Like the Jets suck. Like... <laughs> You know, the narrative every week is Adam Gase still is employed. I don't know how, but he is still employed. And the Jets are on their way to the number one overall pick. Who knows what they're going to do with it? The real name is Trevor Lawrence, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't I don't even want to talk about the Jets anyways. But Preston, you can start this game. Panthers, they went from three and two to three and five, lost three straight weeks. And obviously they're not going to win this fourth game. Um, unless there's somehow an upset, this could be a game that the Chiefs lose. I think the Panthers could potentially um, make it like a relatively close game and uh, cover the spread. But there's no way I'm taking the Panthers here. I got the Chiefs winning 37 to 28. Yeah, I'll go ahead and say Kansas City wins 30 to 17. Gledhill? Yeah, I mean, I could see this potentially being an upset. I mean... I, I, I'm not, I don't think it's going to be, but I wouldn't be completely surprised me. I mean, the Chiefs have the Raiders, who they just lost to, and the, the, and the Buccaneers coming up the next couple of weeks. Um, actually, no, they have a bye week. Shoot, what am I, what am I saying? Yeah, they got a bye week after this week. Um, yeah, no, so they'll, they'll focus on this game. Uh, I mean, I, mean I, I would expect them to focus on any game, but I don't think they're going to be like the, um, the Buccaneers and maybe look past the Giants a little bit, especially, you know, with a bye coming up. But yeah, I mean, I, I could see the Panthers winning this game, especially after losing three straight. Um, I didn't even know that, by the way. I, I didn't even know they were three and two a few weeks ago. Um, I mean, I'll be rooting for them, but I, I don't think they're going to get it done in this game. I think the Chiefs right now, I would I would say they're the Super Bowl favorites. Uh, I think they're the best team in the league overall roster. I guess you can make an argument for the Steelers too, but um, I would I would pick it. I would pick the Chiefs in that game right now. I think their defense is really really good. You know, they're playing playing better as the season going along, just like last year, I think, um, you know, offensively, obviously they're just super explosive. Um, there's just so many things they could do offensively, so many ways they could beat you. I mean, Patrick Mahomes threw like 20 times a couple weeks ago and they still put up like 40 points or something crazy. So yeah, they're going to win this game. Again, I, I really like the direction of the Panthers. I think they got a really, really bright future with Matt rule. I think I say that every single week. Um, I guess we don't know what their future is at quarterback. Is Bridgewater the guy for the next few years? Or, you know, I don't know what they're going to be doing there. But um, I think they definitely got the coach right. And they're a team that plays really, really hard. I was watching that that game against the Falcons last week. And just the way they went out there and, and played, the, the hits they were making, the spirit that the team had, you could just see that there was playing really, really hard. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to take the Chiefs in this game. Uh, I'll stop rambling. Let's go 25 to 17. Yeah, Gledhill, and what, what you were saying about the the Panthers, you know, you didn't even realize they were three and two. They just dropped three tough games, and they lost a close one to the Falcons there. But good news for them, they 
possibly get Christian McCaffrey back this week. If not this week, maybe next week. So that will help out too. All right, next game. Ooh, yikes. Houston Texans going on the road to play the Jacksonville Jaguars. Houston has won five straight games versus Jacksonville. Preston, is this eighth game of the week? I don't know. It might be the next one though. Hmm. Interesting. So we, got, we, we got, also got the Giants and the football team. It, it's getting kind of old picking the uh, the NFC least as the AIDS game of the week. So let's just go ahead and say this one is the AIDS game of the week. This week we have the Houston Texans versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Both teams are one and six. Um, Houston doesn't have a head coach right now. Jacksonville is, you know, you know, they're Jacksonville. One of the only teams the Chargers beat this season, so you know they're pretty bad. Uh, Texans, you know, we still got Deshaun Watson. Um, The the thing with the Giants and and Washington, though, is that that's probably going to be an exciting game because we don't know which team is worse. I think in this case, we all know which team is worse. Yeah, amen to that. So what's your score? Um, Yeah, I've got the Texans winning. I think this will be a high-scoring game. I'm going to say 37 to uh, 30. All right, Glad. Who do you got, man? Yeah, I agree with Preston that this is the AIDS game of the week. Um, believe it or not, I'm actually like somewhat excited to see the Giants and the Washington football team. I think, uh, but for now, yeah, I mean, we know these two teams are out of their out of their divisions. Um, and they're both one and six. I don't really know the direction of either of these two franchises. I mean, the Dol- the, the Jaguars have a guy named Jake Lutton or Jake Luton or whatever starting at quarterback. Yeah. Um, I've never heard of him before. Um, I think he's a sixth round pick or something I'm reading. Um, he played for Idaho. No, or Idaho first and then Oregon State. Wow, okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really want to see Jake Lutton, to be honest with you. Um, I think that I think the Texans are gonna win this game. Um, I don't think it's gonna I mean it could be a close game, but I don't think it's gonna be a super exciting game. Um yeah, I'll take the I'll take the Texans uh, twenty eight to twenty one. Twenty eight to fourteen, Texans win. All right, next game: the Giants and the Washington Football Team. New York Giant has won four straight games versus the Washington Football Team. But I will say, Glenn, I do I do agree with what you said. I am actually kind of excited to see this game. They played what two three weeks ago, about two three weeks ago, and it came down to the very final play where Ron Rivera decided to go for two to take the way he wanted to go for the win. He didn't want to go because they don't got nothing to lose. Right. So you go for the win and Kyle Allen scrambles out and he has literally the wide open touchdown, but he hesitates. And so he kind of like backs up a little bit. And then at that point he realizes that he messes up. So then he starts moving forward again. But then at that point, there's already two defenders coming at him. So then he has to make the hard decision of throwing it and, he forced it into coverage and it, yeah, it, it was incomplete. But point is it came down to the very last possession. And since then Washington, you know, they, they got, they coming off a bye and they just got done you know, throttling the Cowboys to holding them to three points. That's not saying much, but you know, we talk about the Eagles, the Eagles look terrible on Sunday night versus the Cowboys. And you look at the Washington football team, they look like they're the best, the best team in that division. And it's not saying much. I mean, anytime you're the best team in this division and you have two wins that that's terrible. But the point I'm trying to make is everyone's always talking about, Oh, the Eagles, the Eagles are going to win the division. Now. What about the Washington football team? Like 
Washington football team, they've been competitive in every single game they've been in this year, even though they haven't won every single game. And they they beat the Eagles week one. And I wouldn't say that the Eagles gotten much better since then. So I'm going to go ahead and say that Washington gets revenge on New York this week, and they split a game. I think Kyle Allen will have a much better game this time. I did say a couple weeks ago that I don't think Kyle Allen will ever win a game, but hey, I'll, I'll pick him this week. Why not? So I'm going to say that Washington wins this game. They get revenge on New York 27 to 24. All right, Gladhill, go ahead. Take it away. Yeah, so I, I, I agree. I too am excited to see this game. Um, it's, it's a battle between two teams that are still technically in the division race. Um, I agree. I think I think there's a decent chance that Washington is the best best team in this division right now. Obviously, the Cowboys. I mean, you know, Ben Delucci or or Denucci or whatever. He's not. I, I don't know. He, um, I can't trust Carson Wentz anymore. I I feel like I defended that guy for so long. Even even though I'm a Cowboys fan, I think I feel like I defended Carson Wentz for a long time, saying that oh he's going to return to MVP MVP form um, sooner or later. It hasn't happened. Um, as every week goes by, it's getting harder and harder to defend him and defend that Eagles team and defend Doug Peterson. Um, so I don't trust them. Um, the Giants, I'm telling you, they're looking better every single week. They're playing hard. I think I think they found the right man in Joe Judge. Um, I guess maybe it's too early to see. Um, you got to wait, maybe wait a couple of years, um, see how he continues to build the team. But I think the Giants have a bright future, personally. Uh, I don't know if J- Daniel Jones is, is the right man for the job. I think we'll still have to wait and see on that. Um, I think there's there are a lot of good things about him, but um, he also makes a lot of mistakes. I see you say, shaking your head there. So excited to see what you have to say. But uh, I don't know. I'm kind of interested to see this game. Uh, I want to see how Daniel Jones looks against the Washington defense. I think Washington's a little bit better than the Giants, just top to bottom overall roster. Um, so in this game, um, Washington's coming off a bye. Giants are coming off a short week against the Buccaneers. Um, really, really hard fought game that they they totally could have won. You got to feel good about that defense with Chase Young. Mm, I think they're gonna. I think I think Washington, like you said, is gonna finish the job this time. I think it's gonna be a lower scoring game. I'll probably go Washington. 23 to 20 or something. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna split this year. I think they're gonna improve to three and five. And I think that would what that would, would they be in the lead of the division with a three and five record? Uh Washington? Philly, no, Philly would be three, four, and one, so technically not. Oh, that's true. Okay. Yeah, yeah but they're they'll be right up there with them. Um, I think I think Washington gets it done. Yeah, I don't think Daniel Jones is the guy. Back to what you were saying earlier. I don't I don't think he's the guy. He he turns the ball over too much and it was his fault that they lost on Monday night. Like it was a hundred percent. Talk about that two point conversion, Eric. Oh my God. Beautiful play design. He literally was staring at the staring at him wide open. He was like, Oh, is he open? Is he open? Throws it not open anymore because he freaking didn't bro. Just, I, w- I was thinking as soon as he went, I was like, boom, he's got it. Two point conversion, beautiful play call. But then he just sat there and held onto the ball. Just throw the ball, bro. And that's oh the thing. God. Like a lot of people were complaining about the, the questionable pass interference I mean, yeah, I could see both sides of it. Maybe you could have called it pass interference, but at the same time, it wouldn't have been that in that situation if Daniel Jones would have just placed it, you know, the right way and threw it earlier. And, you know, even before that play, how about a couple plays before that, or not a couple plays, a couple drives before that, where he literally was under pressure and instead of taking the sack or throwing it away, he, he tries to force it on the outside and it gets picked off. Like, what are you doing, bro? 
like you can't make those decisions. And- it was funny. He had he had one drive. Uh, sorry to cut you off, but he had one drive on the the or one play on the last drive where he threw the ball out of bounds, like just threw it away. And all the announcers were just like, oh, my God, he threw it away. I can't believe it. That's a great decision. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. But, no, I I don't think Daniel Jones is the answer, Gledhill. I I, I do – you can trust Joe Judge for now. And, you know, maybe to see where, where how they improve in a couple years. But you got to get you got to get another quarterback. I mean, honestly, the Giants are going to have a top five pick most likely. I mean, why don't maybe try to get a guy like Justin Fields? I mean, that yeah. I think that would be good. No, I think so, too. I mean, I I, I said that the Giants have improved, but I, I, I said the Giants. I didn't say Daniel Jones. I, I, I think Daniel Jones, he's kind of been the same guy. I mean, like you said, he, he makes too many mistakes. Um, he can run around a, a little bit, but he's not like his mobility doesn't like blowing one away. He's not like dynamic like we see in some of the other young quarterbacks right now. And um, yeah, I mean, he's got a good arm. I don't think he's like spectacular. Um, I think he's a poor man's Eli Manning. And I think that's the best he'll ever be. And yeah, I think, I think that coaching staff, I, I trust them to, to know like after the season, okay, like either we got to move on or, or maybe he's the guy. I don't know. So that's More spot on analysis. Gledhill. Great yeah. job. Dude, poor man's Eli Manning. Poor man's Eli Manning. That is facts, Gledhill. Good job on that one. They look the same, too. You just look at him. It's like that guy looks like a New York Giants quarterback. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, he looks like Eli. He looks just like him. I saw a meme of him making, like, the ugly face that Eli Manning made that one time. Oh, yeah. Uh, We should have known that there was something wrong with that man as soon as he – last week versus the Eagles – where he he did that that eighty yard run and he he tired himself out. <laughs> oh my gosh, bro! That was some of the best. That was that was one of the best things I've ever seen, dude. And what's worse, that or the butt fumble? Probably the, the butt, butt fumble. fumble. The butt fumble was just flat out embarrassing. Oh yeah, dude that that was terrible. Poor Mike Sanchez, man. Oh, dude, can you? He had believe- such a good rookie season too. Can you believe? Like looking back at it now, like how in the world did he lead them to the AFC Championship? Like, dude, I don't well, know, man. He was a right? baller. I don't think he was. He was ever. I don't think he was ever that great. No, he nice. played really well that season. I mean, he played well, and then you got he Revis didn't turn Island. the ball over. Revis Island, bro. Darrell Revis was the best cornerback in the league at the time, and he was like shutting down every single buddy, like everybody. They got so close to winning that division. Yeah, but then the page they hit reality, and then Bill Belichick. You know, hey, what happens when you don't make adjustments to Bill Belichick in the playoffs? You lose. Anyway, Anthony Lynn. Oh gosh, <laughs> enough of Daniel Jones. Enough of the freaking trash Giants. Preston, who do you got in this game? <sighs> I think you guys are overthinking this game. Overthinking it? I'm not overthinking it at all. I think you guys aren't. Well, I don't know. I'm taking the Giants. I don't know what you guys are thinking. I'm taking the Giants. I'm taking the Giants. I'm taking the Giants. I might regret it later, but I am betting that Daniel Jones doesn't turn the ball over more than two times. He's going to turn it over at least twice, but I'm just hoping he doesn't turn it over more than two times. If he doesn't turn it over more than two times, they have a chance to win this game. Because guess what? Kyle Allen's going to turn the ball over at least once. So um, I think it's going to be a low-scoring affair, just like the last time they played each other. Look Look at the Giants' last five games. This is the only thing that concerns me. Their last five games have all been one-score games. Uh, I got the Giants sweeping the Redskins this year. Um, I don't know if that's that's a great decision. And I, I can't go back now because I don't want to do the Gledhill jinx. 
So I, I got to pick the Giants, uh, seventeen to fourteen. Would you Would you change your pick if I change my pick? <laughs> oh God! No, don't don't do it, Glad Hill. Why, Glad Hill? Why don't would do you it. do me I'm, like that? I probably I'm, would. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I won't. I won't change it. But my gut says Washington off a of bye. Oh, I forgot they're coming off the bye. Screw that. Giants lost a close one to Tampa Bay. I think that's a confidence booster um, and that they're going to come out and they're going to compete against Washington. I think they've been gaining momentum every single week. All right. Anyway, let's just move on. <laughs> Next game. We got the, the Detroit Lions going on the road to play the Minnesota Vikings, an NFC North showdown. Minnesota's won five straight games versus Detroit. They finally got the run game going last week versus the Green Bay Packers and Dalvin Cook was unstoppable, man. He got NFC player of the week and he had 32 touches, 226 yards, four total touchdowns. And he had like a one touchdown was like a 50 yard receiving touchdown. Absolutely shredded their defense. And Kirk Cousins didn't have to do anything bad. He, he just had to be a game manager. He threw the ball 14 times. He had three incompletions, only 160 yards. And he had a quarterback rating of 138.1. So he literally didn't do anything. They ran the ball well, and they took care of business. So uh, that just pisses me off that the Vikings, uh, they're so inconsistent, bro. Like, uh, they're like the Falcons. Like, you can't pick them. You you really can't. But, Gledhill, you can start this game. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. I don't know who to pick in this game because we don't know We don't know Matt Stafford's status right now, right? I, I do. Like- no, Chase Daniels going to play. Chase Daniels. Okay. He's on the COVID reserve list, so yeah, he's not going to play. So Chase Daniel, um, haven't heard of his name in like three years. Um, yeah, I don't know because I feel like this is one of those games where like everyone's like, "Oh, the Vikings they beat the Packers. Oh wow, look, you know they're they're coming back, you know." And then maybe they give Kirk Cousins a little bit more slack and throws like three picks or something. And it's <laughs> like it's like really <laughs> like wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me either. But you know, I don't know. Dalvin Cook went off. Um, the Vikings have more men- momentum heading into this game than the Lions do. I picked the Lions last week, didn't I? Um, they their defense gave up 41 points to the Colts. That was that was my worst pick of the week uh, by far. I look stupid from that one. Well, they, um, they started the game up 7-0. I mean, it was looking promising at first. Yeah, I don't. Know. I think I think Dalvin Cook's going to tear right through them, continue that momentum from last week. And um, the Vikings are going to do just enough to win this game, especially with without Matt Stafford. Again, I could see Kirk Cousins playing bad, but I think I think the Vikings coaching staff, like they know at this point, like what Kirk Cousins is, and I think they're smart enough to like not give him enough slack to you know completely ruin a game. So, um, yeah, I'm going to take the Vikings in this game. Let's go 31 to 23. I'll take the Vikings 31 to 30. I shouldn't be so confident in this pick, especially with how Kirk Cousins is, you know, he, you know, some, some days he likes to be, you know, great. And some days he likes to be terrible. So, you know, what version are we going to get of him? Hopefully we get the same version of last week where he didn't have to do much and they just ran the ball down the other team's throat and won the game. So yeah, I got Vikings putting up 30, 31 to 20. I think Matthew Stafford being out is just, the game changer right there for me. And also Kenny G is out with the hip injury. I don't know how long he's going to be out, but that's just another, you know, offensive weapon that's gone. So yeah, I think uh Lions will struggle on offense, maybe get like a garbage time touchdown in the end when it doesn't matter anymore. But I'll, I'll just say that Vikings win 31 to 20 and they'll ride high off the momentum and, and get their second win in a row. 
Preston. This sounds like too easy of a pick. Um, so it's kind of dangerous. It is. Especially because who knows? Chase Daniel could come out and have a great game. Um, fun fact he has a career PPR or um, a career passer rating of 87.5. Uh, I'm just going to play it safe and I'm going to take the Vikings because everybody else is probably going to take the Vikings. And if I take the Lions and they lose, I'm going to end up falling back in the standings. So I'm going to take the, the Vikings. I'm going to say they win. 27 to 23. All right, next game. We got the Baltimore Ravens going on the road to play the Indianapolis Colts. Indianapolis is 6-0 at home versus Baltimore all-time, including the playoffs. Okay, so, man, there's a lot to talk about with uh, these these teams. So let me me start off with the Ravens last week because I know, Gledhill, we've been wanting to talk about that for for a while. So let's go ahead and, and get on into this. So Lamar Jackson is the reason that they lost last week. He did not play good enough. You can say all you want, oh, the Ravens moved the ball well. You know, they they kept it out of Big Ben's hands for as long as they could. But in the end, he made too many critical mistakes. He fumbled twice, and he threw a pick six in his second pass attempt. So tough game for him overall. And I, no matter how much you sugarcoat it, it was Lamar Jackson did not play good enough for them to win that game. And it was close. The Ravens were a competitive team. We knew it was going to be a close game. But overall, the Ravens just struggled. And that's all you can really say about it. They're, it's going to be a tough game for them this week. You know, obviously, it's, it's, it's probably easy to say that they bounce back versus the Colts. But they ha- also have a lot of guys on, on the reserve COVID list. A lot of defensive guys. Marlon Humphrey, star corner, out. They got another cornerback, out. Uh, Matthew Judon, their linebacker, out. Tyus Bowser, another linebacker, out. Patrick Queen, out. LJ Fort, out. Malik Harrison, Deshaun Elliott. They got a bunch of defensive stars out this game. And so that tells me in Indianapolis, this is a trap game for the Baltimore Ravens. And I'm going to go ahead and go on a limb and say that they lose two straight and the Colts upset them 27 to 20. I think Lamar Jackson is going to struggle again against this great defense. And I'm confident that the Colts will upset them in a trap game. I'm liking this pick this week. Come on, Colts. Don't let me down. Let's get it. Colts 27 to 20. Are you guys surprised about that pick? I respect it uh, for sure. The Colts defense is um, probably a top five defense in the league. It's just their their question is obviously Phillip Rivers every week. Mm-hmm. Okay, but before you guys pick, let's go ahead and uh, bring in Mr. Kyle, who's also an Indianapolis Colts fan himself. You know what it is. Born bread, baby. Teeny weeny tidbit with Kyle. Tidbits. All right, you know what the rule is. 15 seconds on the clock. Do whatever you want. You got it. You ready? Are you excited? I am. All right. Listen, guys, it's going to be a big one for the Colts. We got the Ravens and that one guy named Lamar Jackson. You know, he can throw a football. He might be able to run a little bit, but he's going to run home to his mom after the Colts beat the shooters out of the Ravens this week, and that's my take. Awesome, Kyle. What, you got a final score? A million to zero. There you go right there. Preston, who you got in this game, man? Oh, man. This is a big pick for you this week. It is a huge pick for me. (laughs) Big pick for you this week. That is is ballsy. (laughs) Um, I'm going to play it safe and say the Ravens bounce back and win this game. I think it's it's tough for me personally to see them lose two in a row. I think if they would have beat Pittsburgh last week, it might have been a little bit easier um, for me to pick the Colts. I kind of want to see what Gledhill has to say on this game, but I'm going to pick the Ravens. I'm going to say Lamar Jackson doesn't get behind 
I'm going to say he doesn't get behind in this game. If he gets behind, then the Colts might have a chance at winning. Um, but they don't get behind if they don't trail. Um, Lamar Jackson will play just fine. And I think they'll get the running game going with J.K. Dobbins, who had a good week last week. Really finally. good week last week. Finally. Yeah, finally, because Mark Ingram was out. But, yeah, I got Baltimore winning. Um, I'm going to say 31-28. to 28. All right, Gledhill, this is your chance. This is your chance. You picked against the Colts last week. What are you doing this week? Yeah, so here's an interesting stat to start this. I'm, I'm reading about this right now. NFL teams are one in six this season, a week after the week after facing the Steelers. And obviously the Titans continued that trend this past week. They lost to the Bengals the week after losing to the Steelers. Um, so I'm just saying the trend would suggest that the Ravens do lose again who this is, week. Who is the team uh, that won? No, uh, it doesn't say, unfortunately. I couldn't tell you, actually. Maybe the, wait, maybe it was the Texans. Because didn't the Texans play the Vikings the next week and win that game? No, wait, no, they lost to the Vikings. Oh, the what Vikings the, won. What about the yeah. Browns? The Browns got crushed by them. Didn't the they Br- win the next week? Who'd the Browns play the next week? I forgot who they played last week. They played. They just lost to the Raiders. They lost uh, to the, they the, lost the Browns. To the, did win. The Browns oh, beat the Bengals. Okay, so it was the Browns. It was the Browns. But barely, 37-34. So I think there was still a little bit of, of Steelers Steelers hangover there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, I think I think I see what's happening here. I see what's happening here. Y'all are all going off that little stat right there. You don't even know how it feels. <laughs> Y'all are going off that little stat right there. And I think there's gonna be some reverse psychology here, bro. I think the Colts are gonna snap that. No, it's possible. I'm gonna I'm gonna go bold here. I know I've gotten bold. Given that, I should probably not go bold and pick the Colts but you know what I think right now I think the Colts you know they're riding high for that Lions win I know the Lions aren't the greatest team but um I mean they put up 41 points um I mean they they had a lot of guys contribute offensively um the guy named Jordan Wilkins run for 89 yards and a touchdown Jonathan Taylor looks like I think he's out now um a guy named Naheem Hines a running back contributed in the passing game with a couple touchdowns I'm looking at like 11 or 12 different guys that are with receptions. I mean, they got so many different weapons, it looks like. And I think that defense is, is pretty good. You know, they've done pretty well since that Browns lost a, a couple weeks ago. Um, and they have won three of their last four, too, including a win over the Bears a few weeks ago. That's that that's looking like a decent win for them. My thing is, I want, you know, in this game, I want to see how Lamar Jackson responds. After struggling last week, you know everyone in the media is going to be on him right now. You know, every, yeah, everyone on Twitter is going to be on Lamar Jackson. Oh, he's regressing. Oh, he's he's lost it. He's he's not nearly the same quarterback he was last year. So I want to see, you know, how he bounces back. And I, I'm rooting for him, man. I really want to see Lamar have a big week. Um, I just don't know if that's going to happen against this Colts defense. And I do think um, the Ravens had a formula last week against the Steelers. They, they came out and they ran the ball super well. Um, with J.K. Dobbins, I'd like to think that maybe the, the Colts will be able to, to stop that as well because that's kind of been uh, – I think the, the Ravens' run game has been a little bit inconsistent this season, um, and I think yeah, I think it was a little bit of a shock that they, they did it against the Steelers last week. I think the uh, the Colts will kind of, you know, through, throughout their film sessions this week, they'll realize, you know, what the Steelers did wrong and I think correct on that. Um, and I think the Colts are going to win this game, and all the attention after this week is going to be on, oh, shoot, the Ravens are, are in trouble. Um, Colts are going to win it 27 to 26. I'm, I'm taking it. Why not? Yes, Gladhill. Yes. 
Oh, can can something just go right for us for once? Like it, it seems like anytime me and you pick against Preston, he always gets us. Yeah, that anytime I pick a team that I shouldn't pick, it kind of doesn't go my way. So I'm oh, hoping this, this is going to change that. This is our chance, Gladhill. We picked the football team and we picked the and we picked the Colts. So come on, man, we got to we got to get back in there. We got to get back in there. Thank All you. right. All right, let's move on. That's gonna be it's gonna be a fun one though. I think it'll be fun. Yeah, it is. It will be a good game. Oh, and uh, one qu- one quick thing, Hines, Naheem Hines, he played great. He uh, they got him in the passing game, and he he's that dude is athletic, man. Like he mm-hmm. obviously did those gymnastic flips in the end zone, which was impressive as hell. But even the one first touchdown he had, Philip Rivers threw like he kind of like lobbed a pass up. He like arced it, and it was a beautiful pass by Philip Rivers. It went like straight into the bread basket. And it looked like he was going to go out of bounds, but then he like spent the opposite way, prevented himself from going out of bounds and then fell like five yards backwards and then into the end zone. It was impressive. He like turned his whole body around and then he did those flips. So Heinz, you know, great waiver wire pickup this week. I picked him up in fantasy. So hopefully they get him involved this game again with the lack of the Ravens defense on COVID reserve. So come on, don't let me down Colts. Let's do it. All right. Next game. We got the Seattle Seahawks going on the road to play the Buffalo Bills. Russell Wilson, 9-1 career record versus the AFC East. This is going to be a good one. This could be a possible good game right here playing in Buffalo. I think if it was in Seattle, it could it probably be a little bit of a more of a blowout, I think, on Seattle's side. Bills have been kind of struggling a little bit on offense. Their defense has kept them in games. Josh Allen hasn't played as great as he did the first few weeks of the season, but they're still obviously a playoff team, and they're still competing for that division. You know, with the Dolphins coming up on there, and they just they beat the Patriots. They they clutched it out there in the, in the end there. So this is going to be a, a fun one here in Buffalo. Preston, you can start this game. All right, Buffalo against Seattle. Buffalo's um, you know had a tough time offensively, obviously after the first couple of weeks, like you mentioned. Um, they've gotten their wins against the the Patriots last week on a Cam Newton fumble, and then the Jets the the week before they beat. Did they kick six field goals that game? I think they kicked six field goals. Yeah, it was like 15 to 12 at one point or something. It was, like it was 18, 18 to 10 was the final score. 18. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, obviously their defense um, is great, but I don't think their their offense is going to be good enough to keep up with Seattle's um, offense at all. This is a game Seattle could lose. And remember, Seattle's schedule is going to get really tricky coming up. They played – uh, this, the 49ers last week, the Cardinals, the week before, um, this week they're playing the bills next week, they got the Rams and then they got the Cardinals again. So they've got, they've got three more tough games coming up, um, until they get to go through the NFC least. So if they can get through these games, then they could easily potentially get the number one seed, um, towards the end of the season. So I'm going to take the Seahawks. I think they are looking ahead at the schedule and saying, you know, they need to win this game, especially with the next couple games, uh, coming up. They're, they're eyeballing the Arizona Cardinals, obviously, because that's a team that beat them. I would not be surprised if the Bills lose, or I mean, if the Bills win, but Seattle's a much easier pick. Uh, it's going to be a high-scoring game for Russell Wilson. I don't think um, Josh Allen will put a ton of points on the board. I've got, let's go 31 um, points for Seattle, and we'll go 27 points for the Bills. So I actually disagree with you for one thing, Preston. I think the Bills' offense this week is actually going to be able to kind of get their spark back a little bit facing a piss-poor Seattle defense. And I think Josh Allen will get his confidence back. However, 
the Seahawks are still going to win this game. They're still going to win a close. They're going to edge out a close one on the road here. I think, you know, I'm not going to pick against the MVP and Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's doing amazing things right now. They put up what 37 against the 49ers, which was super impressive bounce back win after losing a tough game, kind of throwing the game away against the Cardinals there. And Russell Wilson played much better. Obviously Russell Wilson, isn't the clear. I mean, I'd say he's a clear favorite, but you know, it's, it's not obvious yet because you got Patrick Mahomes sneaking up in there. You got Tom Brady in there as well. He's definitely still the favorite, but you know, not set in stone already. So I'm going to go ahead and say that the Seahawks get a, a, a tough win on the road here. They get it done and they win 28 to 24. I think that's a pretty decent score right there. And Russell Wilson, like I said, doing amazing things. Most passing touchdowns in the first seven games of the season in NFL history. Tom Brady is first with 27 in 2007, the year they went 16 and 0. Russell Wilson, 26 this year. And then Peyton Manning, where he broke the touchdown record in 2013 with that Broncos offense had 25. So he's on pace to, to shatter or to, to get the record. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm going to say Seahawks 28, 24. Glad who, who do you got, man? Yeah. So the, the um, I'm interested to see what, what we see from the bills offense this game. Um, it looks like the first four weeks of the season, they average right around 30 points a game. And, and the last four weeks, it's kind of been, you know, they scored 16 against the Titans. They got blown out. Um, 17 against the Chiefs. Two two pretty good defenses. Um, then they scored 18, 18 against the Jets and 24 against the Patriots. So I, I want to see if they really if they bounce back um, against the Seahawks in this game. Kind of what they look like. Josh Allen looked like a, a game manager last game. Just 18 attempts, 154 yards through a pick. Um, I actually have both Zach Moss and Devin Singletary on my fantasy team. Debating on who I'm going to start there. Um, Zach Moss scored a couple touchdowns, uh, but Devin Singletary had five more yards. Um, they both had over 80, though. So it uh, looks like the, the run game kind of carried the load a little bit last week for them. Um, I think, you know, like, I agree with Eric. I think they're going to keep up with the Seahawks in this game. I think we see a high-scoring game. I think both teams uh, get above 30. And I don't know, like I, I don't know who's gonna win this game because like this is this is one of those games where like I'm gonna I know I know like naturally I'm gonna take the Seahawks just because they are playing better football right now. Um but I could totally see this being one of those games where, you know, maybe they make a couple mistakes offensively, maybe you know, one of the running backs fumbles or something, or Russell Wilson throws, you know, throw you know, throws an interception, you know, he he doesn't throw a whole lot, but um you know, I, I could see this being one of those games where the Bills defense, even though they, they haven't been as spectacular as they, as they were last year, I could see them making a play late and, um, and pulling out the victory for the Bills. Um, no, nah, I can't pick them, though. Uh, the Seahawks are playing so much better right now. I know if I take the Bills in this game and go a little bold and the Seahawks just dominate them or something, like, I, I wouldn't – I you know, I, I don't know how I'd be able to live with that. So, we're going to deal with the Seahawks. Um 37 to 35 uh, high scoring game. Really excited to see this one. Wouldn't be surprised if the bills pull it out, but um, I'm going to take the Seahawks. Yeah. And I don't think we could fault the bills too much. I mean, you know, yeah, they haven't looked as great because at the, at the end of the day, they're not, they're not like AFC favorites or anything like that. I mean, they're still a playoff team, but the reason I'm not going to fault them that much is because their two losses are against the Titans who were undefeated at the time. Yeah, credit that they got blown out, but, you know, it happens. 
And then the Chiefs, you know, two of the top teams in the AFC right there. And yeah, and then you play the Jets and the Patriots. Those are division games. You know, sometimes those games are going to be low scoring defensive games. And so I think, you know, this is another this is a chance for Buffalo to get their mojo back. So we'll see what they can do. All right. Next game, we got the Denver Broncos going on the road to play the Atlanta Falcons. Denver has won three of the last four games versus or three of the last four games, lost the first three. Drew Locke is back. They had a comeback versus the Chargers there. We talked about that a little bit earlier. Uh, Anthony Lynn, Mr. Hot Seat himself. Oh, man. Yeah, I can't, I can't believe that, bro. That that game actually pissed me off. Like, uh, Anyways, so they're playing Atlanta. Atlanta bounced back versus the uh, the Panthers. They, they, they split a game with the Panthers there. Yeah, I mean, it didn't look like they ended up making any moves with Julio or Matt Ryan like they said they would. You know, Atlantis has a chance to kind of make a little bit of a run here. I mean, I'm not going to not saying like winning the division or anything, but they have a chance to kind of you know, at least be a little bit better than they have been. You know, it seems like with Dan Quinn, they were blowing every single lead possible. So they finally got him out there and they look, they look better. They, they, they definitely look better. They're going home. They're playing a Denver Broncos team. This is a tough game for me. I think this is a coin flip game. I really don't know what to expect. And I think it's it's hard for me to pick because the easy pick for me, I think, is saying Falcons. But it seems like every time I pick the Falcons, they always lose. They always freaking lose. So, uh, yeah, this is a this is a tough game. What is the spread on this game for you, Preston? Falcons favored by four. Oh, gosh. Why do I why am I forced to pick this game, man? And it's my turn too. I, I, it's my turn to pick this game. Oh, this is a tough pick. This might be one of the toughest picks of the week because both teams have been so inconsistent. Oh my gosh, dude. I hate it, bro. Because I know the second, the second I freaking pick Atlanta. Oh, they lose. Second, I picked them to lose. They win. They haven't won back-to-back games this year. <laughs> Preston, tell me why I'm doing it again. I, I might be stupid for this, but I'm freaking doing it again. I'll say Atlanta. They're at home. Oh, I swear if they lose this game, I'm going to be like thumping my head, bro, in disappointment. And I can't pick them right, bro. Both of the Falcons wins this year have been on the road. They've lost every home game. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I don't think the Broncos are good, though. (laughs) Yeah, they haven't. Last week was their first kind of like decent win of the season. But is it really decent, though? Because it's like they beat the Chargers in the second half. Oh gosh, yeah. Uh, I'll say Falcons. I'll say lower scoring, but not too low scoring. I'll say probably right in the middle. Let's go twenty four to twenty four seventeen. We all picked the Panthers last week, right? Yes. Oh, I guess Kyle and Taylor picked the uh, the the Falcons, and they won. Damn it! Yeah. How are they getting these games, bro? I don't get it. Hey, that's not concerning to you. I mean, that I mean, Kyle's in first place. That's concerning for you, but not Taylor. Taylor's in last. Yeah, Kyle's impressive. Dude, Kyle's he's, dominating this year. Jeez, he's got what a three game. He might have a bigger lead on me now. He, but, I need yeah, he had a, yeah, a three game lead on me what, going into last week. That's what I'm gonna do after this podcast to put it all together. I promise I will do it. I will do it. I promise. So, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'll say it's a coin flip game, but tell me why I'm gonna regret it. Probably will. I'm going with it. I'm not even going to think about it too much. Probably going to be wrong, but who cares? Falcons 24 to 17. Yeah. Gledhill. Looks like uh, betters are loving the Falcons covering three and a half points. Why not? Yeah. I'm going to pick the Falcons. Um, 
Falcons are actually just one in fourteen against the spread in their past fifteen games against the AFC. I'm reading. Yikes. Um. So that doesn't mean anything for this week, though. I mean, that's just a trend. Yeah, I just I think the Falcons will do more offensively. I don't think there's anything special about the Broncos. Um, there's not. Because I thought they were going to be pretty decent going into the season. I don't even know what happened to that. Like that thought. It seems like Elway. Oh, this is the guy for Elway. This is the guy for Elway, and then it never is. Yeah, I thought that defense was going to be like best in the league or something. I thought it was going to be like like it was when Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl, or not not like quite that good. But I thought they're going to be a lot better than they are. They're already off to a bad start with losing Von Miller for the whole year. Yeah. No. Yeah. Injuries have kind of hit them too. Um, what happened to Bradley Chubb? He's actually having a pretty good season. 21 tackles, 5 assists, 5.5 sacks. Pretty decent season. Okay. He has the exact same amount of tackles and assists as he did last week or last year and he got hurt last year. So, but I, I, just, I thought that was kind of weird cuz like he's like literally like dead spot on, but he has like four four and a half more sacks. So, yeah. I mean, and he and he's healthy this time, so that's good for him. But yeah. I don't think I've picked one Falcons game right this year. You know, they're, they're coming off that nice win against the against the Panthers. They have a little bit more time to prepare because that was last Thursday. Um, so I think they're going to get it done. Um, 33 to 24. All right, Preston, who you got? I've got the Broncos winning this game. <laughs> this is Drew Locke's fourth game back from injury. He um, did it. He did it, Gladhill. He freaking did it. I knew it. I knew right when me and you were going to pick the Falcons, he would pick the Broncos. <laughs> like, it's his fourth game back. Um, he had a really good week last week, and I think that he's going to carry that momentum over. Uh, I think that's what happened to, to this the Broncos this season. Um, they've been really high on Drew Locke, really high on him. Um, and I think he's short off offseason, um, only his second season. So I, I think he's going to have a good week this week against this atrocious, atrocious Falcons defense. Um, the Broncos defense is, is not great either, uh, but it's at least better than the Falcons. So because of that, I am going to take the Broncos and I'm going to say they win 24 to 22. Oh, he did it, man. And, and there's nothing I can do about it. Watch, this is going to be one of those games where the Falcons are going to be up by like 10 and going into the fourth quarter. I'm going to be so confident that I got this pick right, a pick that I have on Preston, and then, nope, shifts my way. They lose by three at the last second. Yeah, they throw a pick on the goal line or something, and it's just, you know, I don't know. They miss a, ta- miss a couple tackles, and he just returns it all the way. Oh, my gosh, dude. Oh, how do you – some momentum. They shouldn't have lost to the Lions, bro. Uh that was that and was the, and the Bears and the no yeah. or the Bears. Cowboys too yeah but credit credit that game at least Dak like brought them back shoot yeah yeah I think Dak I think well yeah you know, I mean the Falcons blew it I mean that's the storyline but I, I mean Dak Dak did play his his butt off yeah oh, all right probably got that one wrong anyways next game Las Vegas Raiders going on the road to play the L.A. Chargers Justin Herbert three hundred three passing yards per game this season, NFL rookie record, playing amazing. But the team is underperforming, man. They keep blowing leads. They keep blowing leads. Anthony Lynn, I've had it with him. I know Preston has had it with him. He is on the hot seat. That game against the Broncos just showed me that 
He has no business coaching the Los Angeles Chargers and Justin Herbert. Too much talent to be wasting there in L.A. That freaking pissed me off. How do you blow that game? Oh, my goodness. I feel for you, Chargers fans. Chargers blown leads the past four games. 17 points. They blew it. Loss. 17 points the next game. Loss. 16 points. W. Credit was against the Jaguars. 21 points against the Broncos. Lost. How in the world do you blow these? Anthony Lynn, get out of there. And they made some they made some moves. I mean, they they uh, traded Desmond Desmond King for a six round pick to the the Titans. Preston, I don't know how you feel about that. I mean, was he inconsistent? I don't even know his story. I mean, is he? Uh, I mean, I thought from what I knew, he was pretty. He was a pretty dang good corner. Yeah, he is a really good corner. Um, I'm not sure what we're thinking there. I don't know if they made that move to try and make a move somewhere else, but they didn't end up making that move by the deadline. I don't know what we're going to do with that sixth round pick. Um, well, that was a perfect pickup for the Titans because the Titans desperately need a cornerback. Yeah, but a sixth round pick? Come no, on, for man. y'all, for y'all, it wasn't that great. No, that wasn't good at all. Sixth round pick? Come on, man. We could have at least gotten a, a fourth or a third out of that, at least. The fifth blown lead of the season. Fifth. All five of our losses, we had the lead. We've had the lead in every single game this year, bro. Every single game. Um, I really want to pick. I, I really want to pick us um, against the Raiders because we always seem to to find a way to beat the Raiders, um, or at least split with them every year. I feel like the Raiders. Um, they've had their struggles the past couple of weeks. Um, only the past two weeks, actually. I keep on forgetting they had a bye week. Um, between after the Chiefs game when they beat the Chiefs. They had some issues with COVID before the Buccaneers game, and the Buccaneers are a really good team and playing really well. Um, they beat the Browns last week in a game with horrific weather, uh, very low scoring. So it's tough to go off of that game. It's, it's really tough to kind of see how the Raiders are, but sorry, there's no way I'm picking the Chargers, man. The thing is, I really like Anthony Lynn. I really like him. I really like the, the different changes he's made. Um, I love our roster. I, I love our coaching staff. I love our defense in the first half of games, the second half of games. I don't know what happens. Is it just in our DNA at this point? I mean, change is inevitable, but man, if we could just close out games, bro, we would literally be, we'd be a playoff team. We'd be a playoff team if we could close out games and if we could make adjustments in the playoff, if we made adjustments in the playoffs, we could have won a Super Bowl a couple years ago. Um, but we decided to get blown up by the Patriots we had such an amazing team that year. We almost won the division against, or did we win the division that year against Mahomes? No, you were like the best wild card team I ever saw. In yeah, my we were life. the best wild card team ever. You beat the Chiefs, though. Remember that? Yeah, dude, that game was awesome. I called that game. I did too. We both picked the Chargers that game. Yeah. Super upsetting. Um, I got to pick the Raiders, though, and I'm going to pick them to lose. I'm going to pick them to only win by one. Uh, I, I think, <laughs> I bet you the Chargers are doing really good against the spread this year. Um, I got the Raiders winning, uh, 31 to 30 even spread by the way. Yeah. Pick them. Um, yeah, this is a tough one for me. I want to see if the Raiders, you know, if they have a good enough pass rush to, to slow down Justin Herbert, I think he's been super dynamic so far. Um, we haven't really seen a, a game from him where he's made like a ton of, you know, rookie mistakes. Um, I mean, he's been, he's been pretty darn good. Interested to see him in this game. Interested to see. The Raiders pass game, you know, um, what can Derek Carr do? Um, this might be the toughest game to pick this week. Yeah, you know what? 
I hate to do it. I'm going to take the Chargers in this game. I think they're going to find a way to run the ball better than the than the than the Raiders. Uh, Justin Herbert's going to make some some big plays down the stretch, and it's going to be a game where they just barely pull it out. And it's going to be one of those typical games that they win, and everyone's like, "Oh my gosh!" Like the Chargers beat a team that's you know maybe you know top seven in the league, and then you know the next week they're going to come out and lose to a, a bad team or something. So um, shoot, yeah, I'll take the I'll take the Chargers in this game. Why not? Upset of the week? I don't even know if it's an upset. I guess it's pretty even. But um, I'll take I'll take Justin Herbert over Derek Carr, and their defense is better than the Raiders' defense. So boom. I'm about to welcome you to my world right now. You're going to be so excited the first half. You're going to be watching this game. You're going to be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. The Chargers are so good. Wow. Oh, my God. They're going to win. Wow. And then the second half comes around. We come out of the locker room. And all of a sudden, it's just like any intensity that was there just out the window. And you're just sitting there just scratching your head. And then you take your finger off and then all of a sudden you notice there's a shit ton of blood and skin in your fingernail because you literally scratched a hole in the side of your head. Wow. Yeah. So prepare yourself for that this weekend. Um, I'd recommend um, shampooing and conditioning your hair beforehand um, and just rubbing lots of neosporin on the left side of your head. Well, depending on which hand you scratch with. So what if I told you that this game is going to OT? Wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised either, um, but Chargers never won an OT, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think this game is going to go to OT. I think both teams are going to be slinging at each other, and I think Derek Carr is going to play really well this week, believe it or not. And I do apologize. I, I shouldn't have picked the the Browns to beat the Raiders. Uh, I mean, knowing what I knowing what Baker's – Baker didn't play well and the, the terrible, I didn't know that it was going to be that bad of weather, but they just overall just, they were just a better team. And, and so, yeah, I mean, the Chargers have just been so up and down this year. Uh, I can't, I can't pick them. I, I can't pick them to win this game. Uh, I, I got to go with, go ahead and, and go with the Raiders. I think the Raiders have been more, been playing a little bit better football. I, like I said, I love what, what uh, Herbert's doing and, you know, shoot, if the Chargers were able to pull out these games, then I would easily pick the Chargers in this game. But it's too much of a gamble, I think. You know, you look at the Chargers' wins. They beat the Bengals by three. They lose a close game to the Chiefs, a division game. We see that. Panther. They lost to the Panthers at home. They should have won that game. The, they lose to the Buccaneers going toe-to-toe with Tom Brady. Blow that game. Lose to the Saints. Definitely should have won that game. Then, yeah, they almost blew it against the Jaguars. Fortunate enough, they played Gardner Minshew. So good, they, they were lucky. And then the Broncos game, they were in control the whole game. 21 points. And they let them come back. Like, there's just something going on there that just, it's just not there yet. It could be next season. And like I said, I, I think this is a bright future team, but I, I, I just can't pick the Chargers after what I've seen from them. Too much Dude, inconsistency. I, I don't think this is, this is what people don't understand. Like, this is nothing new. This, this has been happening literally all the old coaching staffs outside of um, Schottenheimer. Like outside of him, like we've been blowing leads and, and I'm sure he even blew a couple of leads. We've been blowing leads ever since him. So it's not just Anthony Lynn. Yeah. You said this spread was dead even? Yes. Okay. I'll say Raiders win. I'm going to go bold here. They go to OT. Justin Herbert gets the ball. He throws a pick. Raiders get in good field position, kick the game-winning field goal. Raiders win 33-30. to 30. That would be so much more heartbreaking if the uh, the loss was 
because of Herbert. Um, he hasn't necessarily lost us games. It's been our defense. Yeah, no, that's true. But, I mean, that would just go to the fact that they, they choke. All right, next game, we got the Miami Dolphins going on the road to play the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona's won three of the last four games versus Miami. This is, I think this is going to be a slept-on game right here. This could be a good game right here. Kyler mm-hmm. Murray versus Tua. Hmm. I would have considered picking the Dolphins if Ryan Fitzmagic was starting. Same. I said that last week, bro. It's the same thing this week. Like, okay, so uh, here's the thing about with Tua. A lot of people were were uh, were praising, you know, Tua. Like, oh, he had a great game. What a, what a debut for Tua. Like, he got carried by his defense and his special teams. Like, Tua didn't do anything. He, he, he did it. And I am rooting for him. But if this turns into a duel between Kyler Murray and Tua, you know who I'm taking. You know who I'm taking. Maybe you know you know who I would have took in in college, but <laughs> this is this is a little bit different. Kyler Murray is going to get his revenge this time from that 2019 playoff game versus Bama, and he's going to beat Tua this time. So I'm going to say that the Cardinals win. I think Kyler Murray will make some mistakes. I, I like the Dolphins' defense. I think the Dolphins have a bright future, and they're fighting for that AFC East. But yeah, I think the Dolphins are going to be a great team next year. But the the Cardinals get it done. Uh, they're riding high off the bye, and I'm not going to pick against them. So I'm going to say Kyler Murray throws three touchdowns, rushes for one, and the Cardinals are going to win this game 31-26. to Gladhill. Yeah, I, I, I also like the Dolphins' defense. I really want to see how Kyler looks against them, um, and their offense just is elevated to another level with him out there. Um, so – the matchup I'm looking forward to see is 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 the Cardinals offense against um against against the Dolphins defense, kind of the game plan they come out with. And then also I want to see Tua as well. Um I wanna see how the Dolphins use him. I wanna see him as the season progresses. I think the Dolphins because if you think about it, there's really not a huge upside to seeing Ryan Fitzpatrick take the Dolphins to the playoffs. They're not gonna win a Super Bowl with Ryan Fitzpatrick, um, unless you know there's an absolute miracle or something. And if Ryan Fitzpatrick takes him to the playoffs, then it's like awkward in the offseason. It's like, okay, well, is Fitzpatrick the starter again? Or do you move on from a guy who just took you to the playoffs? Or what do you do? So I think right now you have you drafted a guy fifth overall. I think, you know, especially after, you know, we've seen Herbo or Herbert, <laughs> Herbert and Burrow um, play really, really well so far this season. Um, I think I think the Dolphins are like, okay, we got to see how our guy looks. We picked him fifth overall. We're going to throw him in there the rest of the season. If we make the playoffs with him, that's great. That's an extra bonus. If not, we're still looking for the future anyways. We're rebuilding this whole team. So I think they're trying to see what they got in, in Tua. And maybe if they don't like what they see, then, you know, they're going to have the Texans uh, first round pick next year, which is going to be pretty high. And then, I don't know, you can go after a Justin Fields or a Trey Lance or something. Um but I agree with you. I'm going to pick the Cardinals. There have been a couple of times where I've picked them this year and I've gotten that wrong. Um, I think, didn't they drop a game to the Lions or something? Yeah, they dropped a game yeah. to the Lions and the Panthers. Yeah, that's right. I think those were, yeah, those are both games where I definitely picked the Cardinals. So I could see them losing this game again. But like you said, this is going to be a slept on game. I'm excited to see this one. Um, but I'm going to take the Cardinals. Yeah, best case scenario, Tua ends up being great. And they draft some stud at fourth overall next year because they have the fourth overall pick with, from the Texans. So if two ends up being that guy, they don't have to waste that court that that pick on a quarterback. They can get another defensive or a defensive stud, and you know maybe an offensive lineman. You know some somebody that's going to elevate them. 
The Dolphins are going to be nasty, man. I'm excited, but just not yet. All right, Preston, who you got? Um, yeah, this is an easy one for me. I got the Cardinals as well. Uh, just too much momentum going on for the Cardinals coming off the bye. Um, Tua only threw for, what, 92, 93 yards last week. Didn't do anything crazy. Um, they played very conservative, relied on their defense. Rams really struggled offensively. Dolphins' grief defense, fantastic. Um, Dolphins will have to win. Um, their defense will have to win the rest of the games for them this season with Tua in the lineup. Their play calling is just really conservative with Tua right now, and for good reason. Um, I think he shouldn't be playing at all, um, but they decided to play him, getting some reps throughout the season, and hopefully he can use this offseason as an opportunity to learn um, from these reps as long as he doesn't get injured. Arizona is going to win. I'm going to say because of the Dolphins defense, 24 to 20. All right, here we go, baby. The, the, the hype up to this game since week one, both teams are different. The New Orleans Saints going on the road to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers battle of NFL's top two all-time passing leaders between the GOAT, Tom Brady, and DeBreeze, Drew Brees. <sighs> okay, man, here we are. We're here. We are here. It seems like so long ago, two different teams, like I said, back in week one. The Saints were clearly the favorite to win that division. We didn't know what we were going to see for Tampa Bay. Obviously, they had the stacked team, but we didn't know how Tom Brady was going to play right away. And it took them a couple weeks to get their mojo back. But now, two completely different teams. Now, a lot of, a lot of people are kind of concerned because, you know, you, you look at the game versus versus uh, the Giants on Monday night, and you're like, whoa, Tampa Bay? Like, how did they barely beat the Giants? Like, what the heck? Honestly, I think they might have maybe overlooked them a little bit because, you know, they're, they know New Orleans is coming up. This is a must-win game for them if they want to win that division. I think they just overlooked the Giants a little bit. And you never know. Last week was whack anyway. So, I mean, it, it was just one of those weeks. I mean, they still got it done. Tom Brady, two touchdowns, no picks. He doesn't turn the ball over that much. He turned the ball over twice last time versus the Saints. So we'll see how he plays this time. They're playing in Tampa Bay. Sunday night football, prime time, baby. Preston, who do you got? as this will likely decide the division. Very easy pick for me. Very, very easy. Buccaneers, lots of momentum. Saints, not a lot of momentum. A lot of injuries. Weak defense. Tampa Bay defense getting better every single week. Um, you know, obviously Tom Brady's been playing out of his, his freaking wazoo. And Drew Brees has been inconsistent without Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is out again. Kamara's beat up. Breeze actually hurt up. Uh, he was limited today in practice with a sore shoulder. Um, Buccaneers win, I'm going to say, 35 to 27. Let him. Yeah, I think this is going to be an awesome game. But, I mean, to be honest, I think the pick is kind of easy for me as well. I just, I'm not a huge believer in the Saints at all. They're perhaps the most overrated team in football, maybe. Oh, yeah. I mean, but I, I, think, I think people um, are starting to realize, you know, that the Saints – aren't all the way there that they got some issues going on. Um, Drew Brees is getting old. Uh, we're really starting to see it this year. I think last year he was still dueling throughout the season. I think this year we're really starting to see that, you know, he's struggling to make some throws. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the Buccaneers are coming off a little bit of a short week, but I think if anything, that, that close loss to the giants is going to fire him up going into this week saying, Oh yeah, maybe people are talking about, you know, Oh yeah. You know, they barely beat the giants, you know, I don't think that matters too much. I think they're going to come out, especially after losing in week one. 
Um, right. That, that didn't surprise me much. Um, first week of the season, we didn't really know what we were going to see from the Buccaneers. Uh, a lot of really new, a lot of new pieces um, associated with that offense. Um, I really like a lot of the pieces on their defense. Um, maybe it's a little inconsistent. There's some weeks where I think they're, you know, top five in the league. And then there are other, other games where I'm like, I don't know, you know, if they're any good at all. Um but I, I happen to think they are pretty good, and I happen to think they are going to step up against the Saints. And I happen to think that the Buccaneers are going to win this game by relatively comfortably. I think they're going to pull away later in the game, and they're going to win this one 32-24. Uh, to 24. Guys, you guys nailed everything. Y'all, y'all said it well. The Saints are the most overrated team in football. They've won four straight, and their defenses look terrible in every single game. They rely too much on Alvin Kamara. Drew Brees is not the same anymore. And, yeah, I think they're going to get exposed. I think they're going to get their ass whooped. Like, I honestly think they're going to get destroyed. Like, 35-24, pretty comfortably. I mean, that's not terribly destroyed, but I think they're they're going to get – Drew Brees is going to get ragdolled. This, this game will be ugly. And, yeah, no. 35-24, this is an easy game for me. I say game of the week just because, like, the, the animosity going into it. You know, oh, the Saints versus the Bucks, Drew Brees versus Brady. Who's the best team in that division? So, and, and it's a game that I'm going to be watching on Monday night. So, or Sunday night, excuse me. So, Buccaneers going to expose the Saints this weekend, 35-24. The New England Patriots going on the road to play the New York Jets. Both teams, oh. Yeah, we know how New England is this year, and we know how the Jets are. New England has won eight straight games versus the New York Jets. Jets are obviously going to go 0-16 this year. Let's talk about the Patriots real quick, because they blew the game versus the Buffalo Bills. They they fumbled. They Cam Newton, they were driving down the field. They were down by three and fumbled. It wasn't even that great of a defensive play. I mean, yeah, he punched it out a little bit, but COVID Cam strikes again, ladies and gentlemen, and the Patriots have now found themselves at 2-5, and five. The worst in a long, long time. But I have a question for you guys. Do you guys attribute the New England success for Bill or Tom Brady? What do y'all think? Because this seems to be the narrative every single week. Um, People are forgetting how much adversity um, New England is dealing with this year. I think it's a combination. I think it's pretty dead even, if we're being honest. I don't know if Belichick will ever um, be able to win a Super Bowl again just because of his age. We'll see how they end up rebuilding this team, but I don't think they're going to be able to to play with the same level of players that um, they've been able to to budget with that they were able to play with with Tom Brady. Like Tom Brady hasn't had a really good with the Patriots at least. Tom Brady hadn't had a good receiver since Randy Moss. Like who are who are some other notable receivers that he's had? They've been all Wes, Wes Welker was good, Julian Edelman, but they're not like dominant receivers. No, yeah, they're not. They're not. I mean, Wes Welker was a freaking beast, but he was around the same time as Randy Moss. Um, they were actually teammates. That team was ridiculous. Um, but yeah, they never really built a great roster for him outside uh, on the offensive end. Defensive end, they're missing a lot of their players, whether it's due to injury or people sitting out because of COVID. Um, I think they might even be tanking this year, if we're being completely honest. Um, and then, and then Cam, ever since he came back from COVID, he just wasn't the same. He wasn't the first two weeks, the Patriots were able to come up with something, uh, some creative plays over the off season, but first two weeks, everything out on the table, I think teams are able to adjust easily now and figure out bill Belichick. Um, the Patriots are still able to stay in games right now because Belichick's defensive mind is, is amazing. And 
they're able to make adjustments and keep games close. But offensively, they just need to completely rebuild that offense. Um, so I think it's a combination of both because they were able to put a lot more focus on the defensive end and all their teams because of how great Tom Brady was. Um, and, and that's what made uh, that team so great is Bill Belichick was able to handle the defensive side uh, and the offensive side, but Tom Brady really carried that offensive side of the ball. I'm interested to know where all that money is at because they talked to Bill Belichick today in the press conference or the other day. And they said, like, you know, the struggle, you know, what the state of the Patriots are. And he said, look, we paid Cam Newton one million. I mean, it's obvious we didn't have money. We sold out and won three Super Bowls. They lead the league in dead cap. I'm pretty sure they're, they're up there. They're still paying Tom Brady right now. Yeah, but Tom Brady wasn't getting paid that much, was he? Yeah, I think they're they're paying twenty million in dead cap this year. So oh twenty, gosh. yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And I think ten or fifteen of it is going to Brady because they had him. the The way his contract was set up is they had the original contract right, but then they kept on uh, pushing pushing money off. They kept on asking him to take less money in the current season, and then they they just pushed that money further down the road. Um, until after his contract was up. So that way they could sign more players to help them win Super Bowls. Okay. So me and Gladhill talked about this. We kind of talked about it over text. Before I say my part a bit about it, I'll let him say his his thing. So Gladhill, what do you think on you know Bill Belichick's comments and, and the state of the Patriots and and you know who do you credit more of the success to? I think for a while, at least when Brady was really young, I think a good portion of it was Bill Belichick, I'd have to say, um, especially when they won those first few Super Bowls of the dynasty. I think I think I'd want to give more credit to the coach. Um, but that's the thing, though. Like Belichick was, you know, like he was having decent success before he came to New England. He was in New England with with whatever Drew Bledsoe, and they were like average, right? They they were a decent team, but like nothing like special. I know that year they won the Super Bowl the first time against the Rams. Like they 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 weren't, you know. I don't think they were they were favored to win that year or anything. I don't, especially when 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 Bledsoe went down, um, took that awful hit, and um, you know, this Mister Sixth Round pick and his whatever second year in the league, Tom Brady comes in. I don't think anyone expected a whole lot, but um, I would say it's it's really hard to pick one or the other. Um, I, I I'll go ahead and start off by saying that is that you can't you can't really separate the two from each other. I mean. They won six Super Bowls together. You know, Belichick having decent success in the league before Tom game came in. Um, and Tom came in as this, you know, he's a sixth round pick. He was really, really good in college. Was, um, was I mean, I saw that the whole, you know, the Brady Six documentary, how he was in this excellent leader in college who was overlooked because he had these awful combine numbers and he didn't really quite have the best arm and he wasn't, you know, particularly mobile. And um, he was just overlooked by a lot of teams. Um, but it was really that, that just that drive that he had. You could see it early on in his career, you know, even at Michigan, you, you just see that determination that he had in his eyes. So um, I think I'm almost talking myself into thinking that, that it was more so Tom Brady than Bill Belichick. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you think that, you know, you know, with Brady being, you know, six round pick early on in his, in his career, you know, that, that it'd have to be the coach who's going to elevate him. Right. Like, you know, if you're, if you, especially if you're a young quarterback, who's, you know, not like 
the most, you know, hyped up prospect or whatever, the most talented or whatever, you're going to have to have a really good supporting staff to elevate you uh, in order to be successful. Um, like you can't come into a, a terrible coaching staff and, and expect to have a ton of success and win Super Bowls and stuff. Like you, that's just not how it works uh, in the NFL. You got to have a really good supporting cast. Got to have good personnel. And I think the most important thing is obviously good coaching. So Belichick's been a really good, really good coach all along. Um, and I think Belichick is, is a guy who I think has really high demands for his players and especially high demands for his quarterbacks. And he drafted Tom Brady um, and Brady came in and was willing to work his butt off and adhere to those high demands that Bill Belichick asked of him. And, you know, the, the two won the Super Bowl that first year. And I think that just the momentum just carried from there. And like, yeah, they had some luck along the way. Like, yeah, that first year there was the tuck rule against the Raiders. Um, but, but they were able to gain some momentum and, and win a couple more Super Bowls. And then they had three. It's like, holy cow, like they're rolling now. And I think they kind of just fed off of each other. Like Tom Brady was this driven quarterback who wanted nothing but to win. You know, the, the next ring is my favorite ring. And then you had Bill Belichick who had these really high demands and, and also wanted to perform at the same high level. Like they both wanted it so bad. Um, and I think, I think in NFL organizations, the most important, you got to have a good owner. You got to have a good GM. You got to have a good quarterback and you got to have, or sorry, a good coach. And then you got a good quarterback. If you have those four pieces, like you can be a really good team on any given year. It doesn't matter how you know great your defense is. Your personnel might not be as great offensively. If you have those four pieces, you have a franchise quarterback, a franchise head coach, a solid, really, really solid GM, and then good ownership. You can be good on any, any given year. And the Patriots had that. It didn't matter. It didn't really matter who they had there on offense. I mean, you know, Brady made it work with like a guy like Edelman, who was a quarterback in college. Um, I guess to summarize is I don't, I don't think you can pick just one. I think it's just two guys who just fed off each other for so long. Um, and eventually as Brady got older, he could not do as much by himself. Um, and he needed more pieces around him to be great. And unfortunately he just didn't have that situation in New England. I think the whole thing about, you know, there was toiling between Belichick and Brady. I think that was probably overblown. I think they still probably have a good relationship. If I had to guess, I just think that Brady, you know, he's up in new England where it's cold and he just didn't quite have the right pieces around him. And the Patriots roster wasn't really in a position to win another Super Bowl, especially with like the chiefs emerging and, you know, that Steelers defense and the, the bills were getting better in that division, you know, really hot on their heels there in the AFC, AFC East. Um, so I think Brady just wanted to go down to the warm weather in Tampa Bay where he was going to have more, more pieces around him. And, um, you know, I think, you know, maybe that'd be better for his brand too, um, to go down there with, you know, more better personnel and, and maybe win another Super Bowl down there or something. Um, but finally, I'll get back to the answer. Who, who is more responsible? I hate to say you can't pick one because like, I, I know that's not super controversial. Um, I'm going to go Brady, you know, just because Brady Belichick could not have done it with a quarterback who didn't have that drive and that determination. And he found that in Brady and the two just fed off each other and won six titles um, and went to however many nine or something. Um, so I think, I think it started with Brady. Yeah. You made some great points. 
unfair to compare this year because, you know, given everything that happened with players opting out, you know, not the same defense as last year, but if you want to get really critical, my opinion, I give it the edge to Brady. I give the edge to Brady and I'll tell y'all why. So I, I have always thought that Brady was the main source to the success in New England all those years over Bill. I always thought Brady's the guy, you know, because a lot of a lot of analysts are kind of eating their words now when they said, oh, uh, Tom Brady's only a system QB. He needs a he needs to be in the right system. He's obviously proven them wrong this year. But here's the deal with it. Here's the deal with that. You credit both of their greatness, but I give more of the edge to Brady. And so with that being said, I'm not going to blame Bill either, though, like for this season, because like I said, for the lack of the success that they're having, you, you can look at it both ways. So here's where you can side with Bill. You side with Bill. He's working with the exact same offense, but much worse defense and an inconsistent QB who just got COVID. So, you know, you give him a pass there and they have a tough ass schedule, you know, compared to last year where they had a cupcake schedule with Brady, like easy schedule, dominant defense. Brady didn't play well, no weapons, same offense but their defense was amazing. Top five. They were turned, they were getting, they were scoring off of, they were scoring touchdowns more than their offense were. So that's where you can side with Bill going back to Brady. But even last year, Brady uh, still found ways to win games against with the poor team that he was at. And Cam Newton's not doing that. So, you know, maybe he didn't play that great, but he played still competent enough for them to win football games. They, they finished the season 12 and four. They lost in the wild card round. But Brady still threw 4,000 yards, 24 touchdowns, eight picks. Like, that's not a bad season. It's not the Tom Brady of usual. And you, you could see the way he was throwing the ball wasn't the same. He just didn't have it there. But, I mean, considering what, what he was working with, it was competent. More competent than what Cam is doing right now. They just look so one-dimensional now. And so that's where you can side with Tom. And then also siding with Tom. Bill hasn't made any offseason additions or draft picks or great players in the last five years or so. Like, what has he done? What has he done with the roster that they've had? It, the reason Brady didn't have the success with these guys is because Bill hasn't done anything in the offseason. He has settled for them winning, you know, cruising through the regular season and making it to the playoffs and winning the Super Bowl and making a run because he had Tom Brady and he didn't need to, you know, go out and get like an all pro, you know, receiver, or a defensive guy. You know, they just built the team, worked in the right system and they made it. And, and you know, signing Cam was just, a way of, you know, okay, like we, we need a guy and we're going to bring him in and we'll see how he does. But if, if he doesn't work, then whatever, we can tank and get Trevor Lawrence because that's still a possibility. But I think it's an ego thing for Bill. Bill knew that he had Brady and he, could, he didn't have to go make these offseason additions. But now Brady's gone. Now he's stuck. He can't do it. He can't do it without Brady. And so that's where I sided with Tom. Now going back to siding with Bill, I mentioned not the same defense which is true because last year they were carried by the defense. It was amazing. This year they lost three of their starting linebackers, a starting safety because they opted out or lost them during free agency. So Bill's working with that. But again, didn't do anything about it. Another reason you can side with Bill, Tom's success in Tampa Bay, also credited to, like you said, personnel and coaching. He's with Bruce Arians, an elite coach. He's with all those receivers in Tampa Bay. A great, de a, a, a good defense. You know, it, he's in a perfect place right now to be successful. But siding with Tom, he's still making good decisions and getting his rhythm going late in the season because that's what legendary quarterbacks do. It's not like he's he's just playing average. He's he's getting better every week. 
And it's not just because of the supporting cast around him. It's because he's Tom Brady. He, you know, he's done this before. He's been in the league for 21 years. He knows what to do. The lack of Patriots steps isn't just the defensive players opting out. And just the offense just looks flat out flat. You know, COVID cam or not, they haven't looked great this year. Even when cam was at his best, they didn't look all that great. You know, they, they can't score. And Tom made it work last year with that same offense. So, you know, COVID cam, you can try to make as much excuses as you can for, for Bill Belichick, but Cam has always been an inconsistent quarterback and Bill Belichick knew that when he signed him and Tom Brady made it work and they, they've just looked terrible. So in my opinion, I think if you're going to get critical, you have to give the edge to Tom Brady over Bill Belichick. They needed each other and you can see both sides of it. You can make an argument for both cases, but if you're going to outweigh the pros and cons, and comparing them, Brady has the edge. All yeah, right. and I would also say, like, to, to be in the league for 21 years and still doing it, like, that's just insane. Like, there are guys in the league that are right around 21, 22 years old. I mean, well, maybe not 20, 21. Yeah, maybe 21, 22 years old who were, who were barely, you know, just babies when Tom Brady entered the league. It's just crazy that he has been in the league for 21 years, and he's still doing it. Um like, yeah, he's getting old. Like, he's, he's 43. Shoot. Like, he, it's it's going to catch up to him eventually. Maybe it has a little bit. I, th- I think it probably has a little bit. But, um, shoot, he's still doing it. Um, he he looks – he still looks so, so young. Um, it's one – I mean, obviously, it's it's also – I mean, it's crazy to see, you know I, – I hate to bring LeBron into it, but I'm, I'm like Bleacher Report, you know, bringing LeBron into everything. But um, – <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's what, 19 years in, in the league right now, or, or well, 18 years into the league now, 17, 18 years into the league, you know, he's still doing it at such a high level and, and um, you know, he's still super explosive and everything. I mean, Tom Brady's been taking hits for 21 years and he's still getting up and he's still like barely had any like major, major injuries. And it just goes to show like how, how much he's, he's taking care of himself and, um, I mean, to, to last 21 years in this league, regardless of the position, I mean, that's, that's pretty freaking insane. Um, and you gotta be pretty special to do that. Yeah, no, that was a great conversation. I like that. I think we made some great points there. Uh, just go ahead and get on to this game. Don't really have to talk about the game much. I think it'll be low scoring. Uh, Patriots win 21, 13. Who do you got? Glad Hill. What are you, what are you going to say? Oh yeah, Patriots are gonna win. Um, they'll they'll find a way to beat the Jets. I, I don't have any doubts about that. So um, I think I think this might be eighth game of the week. Now that I think about it, I mean I don't want to watch this game. Come on, I want to see the Patriots' offense right now and the, the Jets. Like I I have no desire to watch this game. Uh, but the Patriots are gonna win twenty to sixteen. Preston score. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Patriots are gonna win. Uh... I say the Jets put up nine points. Um, I got the Patriots winning 18 to 19, or I mean, 18 to nine. <laughs> All right. Six field goals to nine field goals, or three field goals. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. And, oh, I guess we skipped this game. Bears at Titans. Tennessee has won two of the last three games versus Chicago. Chicago's offense has looked flat. Tennessee has had back-to-back losses. Tough one against the Bengals there. But Corey Davis has been balling out, and Derrick Henry is going to do his thing. They're playing in Tennessee. Is this an easy game for you guys? What do you, what do y'all think, Preston? You think this is an easy one? I'd say yeah, just because the Titans are coming off of a loss. I think they're going to bounce back. 
Um, and I think they're going to run the ball like crazy through this Bears defense. And um, Nick Foles is gonna, is, isn't going to have a great game. He's going to have a mediocre Nick Foles game, but he's not going to do anything crazy to win, the, uh, win them the game. Derrick Henry, plus 150. Um, and I say they win 27 to 23. Yeah, Bears offense is too inconsistent. They should have beat the Saints, but – uh, I remember Preston, you were telling me you were going to regret that pick. You should have regretted it. Nick Foles was pissing me off that game, man. There was so like they were getting a lot of pressure on him, and he would just take the sack, like flat out take the sack. Like, dude, don't take the sack, throw it away, or do something. Like, oh man, yeah, this offense is just inconsistent, and yeah, the Bears are. I can't pick their games right. I, I picked them to win the past two weeks against the Rams. They lost that game. I picked them to beat the Saints. They lost that game. So I'm back to picking against them again. <laughs> So, yeah, I think the Tines will bounce back after two st- tough losses, and I just think they're overall they're a better team. So, yeah, I'll say they score 17 to Tennessee's 27. So, yeah, that's what I got to say. Oh, and what did you guys think about that fight between uh, <laughs> Mims and uh, and CJ Gardner-Johnson? Like, that dude just straight up went up to him and, like, sucker punched him. <laughs> you get a couple of those every year where, you know, just crazy yeah. things like that happening. And, yeah, you just – well, the, the only reason he did it is because he was sticking up for his teammate, and I get that, but that was just, like, yeah. so unnecessary. Like, you didn't have to take it that to that extent. Like, yeah. I you know, like, he said – because Javon uh, – or not Mims, it was Wims, my bad. He said that C.J. Gardner-Johnson apparently spit on him. I don't remember seeing that. The only thing I saw was that he put his hand in uh, his teammate's face. I don't remember who it was. Was it Mooney or it was one of the other teammates? He, like, kind of pushed his – his helmet like he pushed his fingers through his helmet and so he was like sticking up for his teammate but he's just like completely lost it and like sucker punched him but yeah i don't know see i mean it seems like cj garner johnson always has problems with someone i mean it's the same this is the same guy that apparently michael thomas gotten into an altercation with so you know something to note maybe maybe cj did say something to him and maybe that just pissed him off but i don't know i just thought that was kind of an interesting thing to talk about but yeah, I say Tennessee wins this game 27 to 17. Who do you got, Glenn Hill? Yeah, I agree. I think the Titans will bounce back. Um, uncharacteristic loss. I mean, they've lost they've lost back-to-back now. I think they regroup. Um, it's interesting. I mean, really, I, I guess there was some kind of like that Steelers curse I was talking about earlier, you know, that they lost to the Bengals there. But, um, yeah, I think I mean, this is a really good coaching staff, and – you know, they have some really, really good pieces on offense. Um, I just don't see the Bears offense holding up in this game with the Titans got going on. Um, and, and there's such a good coaching staff. Like, they're not going to lose a third straight game. So, I think you got to take Tennessee in this one. Um, let's go uh, 31 to 20. And then the last game we have, oh, man, save the best for last normally, but worse for last in this case is we got the Pittsburgh Steelers Going on the road to play the Dallas Cowboys. Pittsburgh, 25-plus points in seven straight games. Team record, and they're 7-0. and Oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Do you guys know who play, who's playing quarterback for the Cowboys? It's not Dak, obviously. It's not Andy Dalton. It's not Ben DiNucci. It's Cooper Rush and Garrett Gilbert. Ben DiNucci was so bad that they're like, we're not, we're going to put Cooper Rush in who we just signed over him. Oh yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Dude, I wish Gage was here. Cause I'd be roasting the hell out of Gage. Cause Gage told me a couple years ago when Dak Prescott was struggling and Cooper Rush had like an amazing preseason. He was like, 
Eric, I think I think Cooper Rush might be better than Dak Prescott. And I, I literally wanted to punch him in the face when he said that to me. Like I was like, dude, are you are you on crack? <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Now obviously, like he apologized later, but it, it was kind of funny. And they cut him because they didn't need him anymore. But now they obviously needed a quarterback, so they brought in Garrett Gilbert from the Browns practice squad or whatever. And then they bring Cooper Rush, who sucks. So I don't know who's going to start Cooper Rush, Garrett Gilbert. Cowboys aren't scoring a single damn point, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm going to say that the Steelers win 28 to zero. <laughs> what's, wait, hold on. What's the, what's the line in this game? What are, what are the Steelers favored by? 13 and a half, I think. That's it? Yeah, that's it. The Chiefs were favored by 19 and a half last week and they covered. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say that. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say. I know I picked the Cowboys game last, but I really have nothing else to say. I mean, it's the Steelers versus the Cowboys. I mean, do you really have anything else to say? I'm going to say 28 to zero. It could be worse, but I think the Steelers will let up once we're, once the game's out of reach and they can just play with us. So they'll, they'll try to get the hell out of there. Cause they know the game's over after the f- first play. <laughs> so yeah. Didn't no. Garrett Gilbert play for Texas? Like, 12 years ago years ago or something like i feel like he was like right after colt mccoy or something like he, he's i don't even know like he's been around for so long do you guys remember the last time the cowboys got shut out i do it was two years ago versus the colts do y'all remember that game i do oh marlon mack yeah yeah we were literally on a six game winning streak but so were the uh the colts they were they were they were the hottest team in football at the time and they go in, we go into Indianapolis. I think it's going to be a close game, and they freaking shut us out. We look terrible that game. I think it's going to be like that, except we're obviously way worse now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to say 31 to 3, 28 to 0, but I'll say 28 to 0 because, yeah, Steelers defense. Oh, my goodness. Start everybody in fantasy, every single person in fantasy, and don't start a single Cowboys player, even if it's Zeke. <laughs> All right. Uh, Gladell, what are you going to say, man? Yeah. Um, how how about him? Shoot, I'm looking up Garrett Gilbert right now because I'm 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 interested. I thought he played for Texas like eight years ago or something. Like, how is he still in the league? I don't know. He's probably old. He, he, oh, he was with the. Oh, he entered the league in 2014. He's been on like eight different teams. Nope, shocker. Oh, he played in the uh, he played in the AAF last year for the Orlando Apollos. So yeah, first year on the Cowboys. Cowboys should hit up uh, my uh, John Kitna. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Goodness. Can we, get, can we get Tony Romo out of retirement? Jeez. No, that dude wouldn't last a second with this offensive line. <laughs> I know. Uh, so what's your final score? Man, I knew they should have taken Manziel six years ago. Um, let's go. Uh, I'm just kidding. Let's go 30-39-2. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Preston, what's your score, bro? I'll go ahead and say 33 to 3. <laughs> oh, it's so sad now. We like we don't even have anything else to say about the Cowboys anymore. We just talk about like their situation and then we just say, "Oh, go ahead and say the score." Yeah, we just talk about who's playing quarterback. Next week we're going to bring back uh Brandon Whedon and Matt Castle. <laughs> yeah. Dude, dude, what Imagine if they – I wonder what the, the the odds are if you take the Cowboys' money line in this game. Since uh, this is whoever's playing quarterback, this is their first career start. And quarterbacks uh, with their first career start, the last 16 of them I think are 12-4. and four. 
Oh, yeah. Another thing about the Cowboys is the Cowboys have scored more in Dak Prescott's last fourth quarter, 24, than in three full games without him, 22. Wow. (laughs) You know what's funny, bro? Okay, the Eagles are on a bye, so we can't talk about them. But Ben DiNucci outplayed Carson Wentz last week. (laughs) Damn, that's tough. He had... 180 yards to Carson Wentz, 123. Carson Wentz had two touchdowns. He had zero touchdowns, but he also had two picks. Danucci didn't have a single pick, and his rating was uh, 3.4 better. <laughs> Dang, the, the Cowboys' money line is plus 625. Wow. Well, I, I expected it to be a little bit bigger, if we're being honest, but that's yeah. pretty big. Yeah. All right, well, I mean, that's pretty much it. Uh, Rams, Bengals, Eagles, Browns on the bye. Not really much more to talk about with those teams. Bengals looked good against the uh, against the Titans, so they, they, they get to go on a little bye at 2-5-1 and one there. That's good for them, at least. And, yeah, so you guys got anything else to add? Nope, sounds pretty good to me. Mm-hmm. All, right. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Have a great day. And, yep, go Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs>